Resilience is inherent to being an entrepreneur. And a creative, don't you think? I'd argue that it's one of the things that keeps us moving forward. True, but what what is resilience made of and how do you get it? That's what we're talking about today. The Speakeasy Podcast, honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. Jen, this is one pretty cocktail. What do you have? Oh my goodness, St. Germain and Rosé Brut together, it's called the Rosette. So the name is pretty, the things in it are pretty, and it tastes very pretty. So good. It's a bit of a strong thing, and I think if you add soda, it's a different cocktail altogether. I think so, that's true. The um, St. Germain is elderflower liqueur, and so that's got a very lovely scent to it and a very light flavor. And this, um, we're using Mobby, which is a Michigan wine, and their rosé brut is just delicious. And so both of the elements of this particular drink are on my favorite list. So this one's this one's just right. Cheers to you. So as we kind of muddle through this <laughs> conversation, what? how do you define resilience? What is What is resilience to you? You know, I looked it up, and the ability to withstand and quickly overcome adversity was one of the definitions I found, which I found I thought that was interesting. No, it's absolutely it makes it makes good sense, and I kind of feel like you either have it or you don't have it, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know if you can go get it. I've been doing this for a lot of years, and you've been doing this for a lot of years, and you're never done, right? So yeah. on a week to week basis, as an entrepreneur or a creative or a boss or whatever it is we are today you're always coming back for more and you're always going to the well and you're always Mm -hmm. doing this repeatable cycle and sometimes there's massive disappointment in it Mm -hmm. or um, a misstep. We're not in a place where the answer falls out of the sky. So we have to be resilient to go back to that creative well again Mm -hmm. or to figure out who the new client will be. Do you think resilience is something that entrepreneurs have in common, that it is absolutely foundational to like a driver for success? I think successful entrepreneurs have it in common, absolutely. I think anybody who can either keep their business running or successfully start a second business has to be resilient because there's just so little guarantee and safety net when you are on your own Mm -hmm. that if you don't have the ability to bounce back, you just can't, you'll fail. Yeah, well, I think entrepreneurs in general are more risk tolerant than people who would choose not to be a business owner. And, and we're more likely to experience failure because we have to continue pushing and pushing and pushing. I wonder if resilience is also optimism then. Actually, it's funny you say that. So there's resilience as um, a human characteristic, but there's a whole study around entrepreneurial resilience. It's been studied all over the world, and it's very popular, especially in the last five years. So there was a Spanish researcher that found that resilience is made of three ingredients, resourcefulness, optimism, and hardiness, and that those are the three components of entrepreneurial resilience. And and that and when you have all three of them, it's a key predictor of success. Isn't that interesting? And that optimism in the... The study further found that for female entrepreneurs, optimism played an even weightier role in our resilience. The ability to think it'll work out, and because when you said, is it related to taking risk, I think I take risks when I think, hey, it'll work out. Something will happen. I'll figure it out. And that, that, that at its base is an optimistic point of view, right? Right. 
Yeah. I think that, too, it's a bit of a snowball effect. So you you mentioned you and I have been at it for a long time, and our ability to know that when we fall, we can get back up builds our resilience, our resilience to what maybe our measuring stick for what failure is. So, sure. oh, I lost I lost that bid is not really a failure because there's another one out there. Or, you know, how, how bad would you have to fall for you to feel like that's a, a very big fail, you know? Right. I mean, I would knock on wood, imagine it'd have to be pretty far because after a few years in it, you you can look back and I always think of it in terms of math. You can look at your sine curve and where the ups and where the downs are. And if you're really studying your business or even a project, you can look back and say, oh, these are the things that worked well and these are the things where we tanked. These are the things that we knew. These are the things that were muddy. And after doing that one or two times or a few more, it becomes very repeatable and obvious. So then when you are in the middle of something that feels challenging... Mm-hmm. you know you can bounce back because you've seen yourself bounce back a dozen times before. Yeah. I think, too, demonstrating resilience as a leader, as a business owner who employs folks, I think that demonstrating resilience allows others to build confidence in you. So, you know, I think I've mentioned the the flight attendant syndrome. You know, you get turbulence and everybody looks at the flight attendant to see if he or she has a concerned look on their face. And so, similarly, you get turbulence in your business and your team is looking at you to determine whether it's um, scary or not, right? And so if you continue to practice your resilience, it's your um, nonverbal way of communicating to your team that everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And that's not to say that you're you're ignoring a problem or um, glossing over a problem by any stretch of the imagination, right? Right. I think you can acknowledge when something's going wrong or when something's a challenge and say, but it's going to be fine. You know, I think... A little unlike the um, flight attendant in a business or in a family, you can be quite honest about what's happening that takes resilience, or you can be quite honest about what we're going to need to do next, but you can also exude the confidence that it can happen. And I think that's a lot of our job is is supporting and lending the confidence when necessary. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes a bit of courage, right? Meaning even in the face of not being sure and even in the face of being afraid, being courageous and stepping into it. Right. Because yeah, sometimes so. it's just uncomfortable. Sometimes we've we've actually had a pretty uncomfortable couple of months at our at our <laughs> studio where we're all at our capacity and then some. And so and we but we know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And so we just have to support each other and take a couple extra lunches and and laugh, you know, as hard as we can in those moments. I saw your fellows at lunch the other day and I said, Oh, are you past your deadline? They said no. <laughs> Getting our food and going back. Yep. But I would characterize it really as exhaustion. So when you're on in your you need to be on. You have client meeting after client meeting or deadline after deadline. To me, that's a. it's just a level of exhaustion of wanting to sit down and rest. And that's where being resilient is when you don't have the resources because you've used them all up. You've, you've given everything you have to give and you somehow have to replenish really fast because you have to do it again the very next day. That's where I find resilience in a, in a small way on a, on a daily scale is the the relentlessness of it all. Mm-hmm. Well, if we go back to that Spanish researcher, it's the hardiness, right? It's the hardiness and resourcefulness too, and the optimism. Because if you don't have optimism to say, "I can do that again tomorrow," yeah. then <laughs> you're not going to find the resources which don't exist right. from within. So, have you ever found yourself telling yourself you'll sleep when you're dead? Yes, all the time. All the time. Yeah. Anytime anybody in my office says something about the, that they slept in, and I was like, oh, "I haven't slept in in at least a decade." So. <laughs> For me, it's not 
it's not necessarily about the sleep. It's just the the, the mental turning off, mm-hmm. right? And the the thing where I feel like I use the most resilience is getting up and doing it again tomorrow, and doing the show in front of the client, and coaching the staff, and spending the time with your kids, and all of those things that that it's it's a lot of output, and you have to have resilience in order to be able to do that on a continual basis. Well, I think, and you know, we've talked a lot about being business owners inside this topic, but I think our teams have to be resilient too. You know, creatives are told no, or that's not right, or it's wrong. Or All the time. When you, when you put your heart and soul into your work and you think you found the solution to the client's problem and then it's a no, you have to be able to go, okay, let's go back. Let's, let's talk more. Let's yeah. hear more about that and let me see how we can tweak it or, or change it or start over. And so... Um, I think I think our teams need that too, but what you were saying is it's about being able to start again, even when you don't have the resources or the well wherewithal or the energy to do so. That's true, and I think for creatives, in some ways, building resiliency is is building your creative product, right? Mm-hmm. Building resiliency means you are able to draw a creative idea out of your soul again and again and again and again. And that takes practice. It, it takes fortitude. It takes a differentiation between ego and emotion mm-hmm. versus problem solving and creativity, right? Yeah. And so I think for creatives, you know, you first have to understand to let it go and not let it emotionally hurt you if a client doesn't like an answer or if a creative director or a producer doesn't like your answer. That is a skill in and of itself, and that's a piece of resiliency. And then figuring out where to get another idea or how to look at the brief again and think think it through in a fresh way, that's a piece of resiliency too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think too, just like we said, uh, as entrepreneurs, over time, we build it because we've practiced it and we have experience. I think I think creatives can uh, build it as well, but it comes from success. So even if you, and I'm not going to say turn, I'm not going to say that creative that gets turned down is a failure. It's just, you know, it's part of the process. But when you finally do get to success, then it's a stepping off point for the next round of project where you're going to need some resilience. Yeah. <laughs> so I do think um, it's something that can grow if you've got the mindset for it. That's true. And I think um, in your organization, you can build that mindset for it and build that expectation by saying no is okay and failure is fine because we know that you can go on and do the next one. So you can really create a culture of resiliency within your organization, allowing people to just walk into the assumption that going to the well again and again and again is just what we do. Then you get good at it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, as business owners, we talk about this a ton, but also as creatives, you know, who have lives outside of our studios, sometimes we are just taking it from all angles, right? So we've got things at home, we've got personal lives, we've got professional lives, we've got clients, we've got our internal dynamics. So when when we're all kind of laying on the mat <laughs> depleted, how do you, you know, we, we've talked about athletes before, right? So athletes have to have a recovery day to make sure that they can go back at it again for hard training. So what do, what do we do in our businesses when we're all laying on the mat with nothing left to give? How do we recover? How do you recover? I think there, a little bit of that uh, is muscle memory. You know what things you have to phone in and you have to do next time. So so part of the process becomes as natural as breathing. So the things you can do after a creative project or when you are low in your energy are things that are rote repeatable, you already know how to do them, so that you can go through the motions without expending that mental energy and 
keep the ball rolling even though you're not engaging fully. Is there anything that you do as a business owner when you know that you've pushed your team really, really hard and you're and, you know, none of us are working on one project at a time. So you've pushed your team really, really hard. And then, you know, you've got to launch something fresh before you're done with a really, really hard thing. Is there something that you do internally for your team that um, allows them to know that it's okay to start fresh and it's okay to share your brain with other projects or maybe to make them feel all right about it all? You mean things other than booze and food? Are those, are those the things? <laughs> those are things. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting as you say that, and most of the creatives that we have at, at this moment really need variety. And so in some ways, the infusion of a fresh project gives you the mental space to go back and finish a project. So I personally like shiny objects and get very distracted by new endeavors and get excited about that. And if I'm stuck in one project for a long time, my creativity and my speed slow down. Mm -hmm. And I think we have some creatives like that as well. So giving them something new to think about gives that mental break so that they can then go back to, the, you know, they can they can do the new thing, which is super exciting, but also go back the end of the other project with a renewed enthusiasm because it's like a shot in the arm. Yeah. How about you? You know, it's actually a great point. I hadn't thought of it quite that way. We try to play games at lunch. We um, have moments where we laugh. We stand around and have coffee and share ideas in the mornings. We try to huddle up, especially at the end of a project where maybe all of us silently are feeling like we're running through mud. We try to huddle up and kind of build our energy together and really create a, a list for the next day, who's on first, that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And I feel like just huddling up and being able to be together um, reminds us that as we're all working independently, that we're not an island, that right. we really are all moving the baton forward together. So, you know, we've run out and done team building activities or done lunches and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I try really, really hard not to extend things beyond when people would like to go home and see their families, especially when we're working so hard or especially when we're working later hours. So I try to keep um, some of the fun just inside our walls and, and squeeze it in, in the moments. That's pretty fair. That's why food delivery usually is for the win. Yeah, absolutely. So your rosette is gone, and I oh. and I feel like I can only have one of these. The problem is I could have 12 of these because I really, really like them, but they're, oh, yeah. they're not for the faint of heart, I suppose. But they do give you the energy to keep going when you need a creative idea. Really? I think sometimes at the beginning, the first half of a, a cocktail like this, I have some really great creative ideas, and the second half I have some ideas for some naps. <laughs> This one's also a good idea for the holidays and for getting just something beautiful when you have a guest over. So, yeah. And it's an easy thing to put together. So you should check out our website if you want to take a look. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Easy Underground. What are we talking about next time, Jen? Um, I think we're talking about feeling a little out of shape and flabby. Like out of shape, uh, maybe we need some variety in our workout? Yes, and we're not talking about our bodies, we're talking about our creative muscles. So what do you do to keep that muscle uh, firing on all cylinders, toned and defined at all moments, ready to jump into action when you need it? That's what we'll figure out on the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>